The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. In the wise words of Ed Robertson of the Bare Naked Ladies, it's been one week since you looked at us or listened to us because we are also an audio show. And my name is Jonathan Dormish, host of Beyond IGN's <laughs> weekly PlayStation show. This is episode 577. I am joined by Brian Altano. You had me nervous there. I didn't know where this was going. That was the hope. Yeah, <laughs> that was the hope and the dream that the Bare Naked Ladies started years ago. All right. We are also joined by Joe Scrubbles. Hello. Joe, how are you doing? I'm very good. Am I meant to say beyond? If you want to. Yeah, beyond. The urge. Good Do afternoon it. and beyond. Oh, beyond. So pleasant. Good I, to have you, Joe. It's good to be here. I'd expect nothing less. <laughs> what? That it's good to be here? Well, that and the, just the pleasantness. Oh, right. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm glad. Yes. Uh, Joe, for those who may not know you, tell us who you are. I am IGN UK's well, deputy editor. I've, yeah. That's changed recently. I forgot. <laughs> uh, and I'm in San Francisco just for a laugh. Sure. Just for a bit of a laugh. Just for fun. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't even meant to be on this. I just pushed Goldfarb really? out of the seat. We sent you here for a laugh? Yeah, yeah. why not? Right. For a joke. <laughs> Can yeah. I go to your office for a laugh? <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> Damn it. Absolutely not. Uh, have you been having a good time so far? It's been great. Yeah. Apart from the weather. Yeah. You guys promised me that America's like just nice. It's been rubbish. Yeah. yeah. It's really cold. Yeah. Out of nowhere, it got freezing here. Specifically, San Francisco has like the, some of the, the least warm traits of California, mm. but- you're here, which yeah, is nice. Yeah, it's fine, and we're indoors now. How long have you right. been at IGN? Uh, just coming up to three years. Oh, man, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, but I've never been here before. So well, welcome. It's really big. You do everything bigger. Portion sizes, offices. What, what's next? That's, that's true. That is true. We the try to size of our PlayStations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't actually measured. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're actually here to talk about PlayStation, believe it or not, yeah. not just the weather in San Francisco. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. The first thing I want to talk to you guys both about, uh, since we last recorded, there's been a bit of rumor milling going on about the PlayStation 5. Uh, the only official thing I've been looking back at everything we've reported, the only official thing we know about Sony's next console is that it is going to happen. Yes. That is the only confirmed thing. Which is weird because a few years ago, they were actually saying it might not happen. Yes, like Yoshida yeah. came out and said, mm, oh, maybe not. Yeah. You know, we're kind of sick of the whole games thing. <laughs> it's, it seems redundant that uh, a lot of these like sort of figureheads have to come out and announce these things and say like, we are making a console, but like in, in heading towards whatever sort of cloud-based dystopia we might be in someday for video games in general, it's nice and reassuring to hear we are making a box that it's dedicated to video games. I think with PlayStation specifically, the title is Fairly a known quantity there. Predictable, yeah. They have a system. Yeah, they're not going to go... Or four. (laughs) (laughs) They're not going to go for the, uh, like, Xbox 12 
to right. confuse us. Like, I cannot wait the for PlayStation the PlayStation Orange. I, yep. I want to know what that thing's going to be called. Uh, but whatever the PS5 is actually called and probably will be called PS5, uh, in the last week or so, there have been reports. The first one was from industry annual analyst Daniel Ahmad, who said that he has heard most of the focus for Sony's first-party studios is on PS5 right now. It is still too early to talk about next-gen but he believes we'll hear some whispers at GDC. And he also said that PS5 dev kits are out there and that he's heard positive things about mm-hmm. it. So I wanted to start there before we jump into the other rumor. Is, is Are you guys surprised by that, that Sony would be focusing its internal <laughs> stuff and on PS5? Like that feels where we are in the life cycle. Given that every other third-party studio is saying that they're working on next-gen stuff, like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't first-party be following suit? It would be crazy not to. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also, you have to reason with the fact that uh, Sony just had one of their best years ever, mm-hmm. um, PlayStation specifically. First-party games are doing tremendously well uh, on the PS4. So, yeah, I mean, technically they don't need to do this right away, right? <laughs> they could wait a little while, but uh, it is nice to know that, that studios are moving on. GDC being next month is huge. Mm. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of sort of, you know, secret murmurs and whispers and drunk talk at the bar about who's working on what and what what platforms they're on and what sort of engines are running and what aren't and uh, what this thing is going to be. I think this is going to be a very – this is that really magical sort of year, maybe year and a half, maybe two-year build up to uh, finding out what's next. And that means all of the fakes, all of the renders. Yes. Uh, I remember leading into the Switch, there was like a, somebody mocks a 3D like a, a 3D thing that had like a, a reflection off a TV and stuff like that. Like very, very – things are getting more and more realistic. So yes. uh, it'll be our jobs and, and the audiences to cut through the nonsense and find what's real and what isn't. But the reality is, is this is, this is it. We're, we're heading th- towards the off ramp for, for the next gen. It's going to be really fun. Maybe we'll finally get that boomerang controller that they promised us with the PS3. You know, I, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> amazed they never did that as just a sort of throwback. Yeah. You know, like, like uh, do it as just like a, a PlayStation Store exclusive boomerang or whatever. Yeah, for just <laughs> level that. thousand. I'm sure people would buy do it. like a sixty dollar boomerang dual shock. Throw it out there in the wild. People will be and it will come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, it's not surprising to me, like hearing the rumblings about this. So at least in terms of what we know about Sony First Party, we know obviously Last of Us Part Two is in production yep. from Naughty Dog, and we know Ghost of Tsushima is in production at Sucker Punch. Mm. But beyond that, of the specific Sony First Parties, we don't really know what a lot of them are doing. Pixel Opus on Concrete Genie and um, Days Gone also being in production uh, from Bend, excuse me. So, but like other studios, we have Gorilla. Mm. No idea what they're working on. We can presume Horizon. To yeah. dawn or yeah. whatever the one is called. I think it's a very safe bet that they're not going back to Killzone. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I We're, mean, that, that that game sold so well, was critically acclaimed, and just personally, I, it was f***ing awesome. So, yeah, make more of that. Yeah. You know, make more things in that world. I want to fight giant robot dinosaurs again. I want to see what PS5 can do for that. I could see them doing, like, on the off chance that a Horizon is too far away. They, because I think Gorilla expanded quite heavily after Horizon. Yeah. So I wonder whether there could be a smaller team on a smaller Killzone style project. Like that's Maybe. the only way I could see that coming back as like a we're here. It's a launch title or oh, something yeah. along those yeah. lines. I mean, PS4 did have Shadowfall. Yeah, exactly. Launch, so yeah, yeah. That's true. Killzone does fit nicely with a with a system launch. Yeah. yeah. I just I, I don't know. I mean, it would disappoint people though. That's the problem. I yeah. I mean. I think they're, they're, well, there's always like that small group of a, of like dedicated fans who love a studio who are always like, do the old thing again, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, 
like there, there are people that want another Ratchet and Clank, and I'm kind of like, well, no, I'd rather see where these guys go with the other thing. Everyone asks Naughty Dog, have. will you ever come back to Crash? Yeah. yeah. You don't know it anymore, but also no. Ex- yeah, <laughs> exactly. No. I think Naughty Dog is bigger fish to fry. Um, yeah, so I, that would be really interesting. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something else from them before this generation was over. Potentially, like, I, w- I was thinking about Far Cry New Dawn the other day and how it's a $40 game. Mm. That's a really interesting price point. And if you look at something like, um, uh, the last Uncharted game, which Lost Legacy. Lost Legacy. Yeah. And also um Ratchet and Clank I think also came at 40 yeah. the remake for yeah. yeah. I think I think there's a sweet spot there for like we have another story to tell. It's not necessarily a full-fledged like it's a full, it's a game, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a whole game, but like where does that sit? Maybe sort of a stopgap between this and a full-on dedicated sequel. I can't so. remember who it was that called it this, but I quite liked it because they were trying to work out it's not a sequel, it's not a spin-off or a DLC and that someone, I can't remember who it was, it might have been Dishonored called it an adventure. Like yeah. it's an adventure <laughs> in that world. I love that. I like and like, that, yeah. I think that's a really cool way of putting it. I love those things coming out. Death of the Outsider is a great example where it's like building on the last game, but in a completely different yeah. way. Like yeah. just really fun. I mean, well, if you look at something like Majora's Mask, you know, yeah, it's something like that. It's, it, and obviously became its own thing and beloved property. But like, I really like versions of games like that that like sort of start off as like we have all these assets, like we have this engine, we have this whole system running. Yeah, what can we do with it until the next major sort of you know re- relaunch of what this franchise is? Mm. And another studio like Sony Santa Monica, I could very much see them in between Gods of War wanting to do something maybe a little smaller maybe just a little more story focused that they can release at a $40 price point even as like a $20 download yeah they did uh bound didn't they was that them the sort of ballet style 3d platformer thing I forget who did that actually. i think that was santa monica but it, but that kind of thing is it probably wouldn't be a launch title because that would mm-hmm. be a weird thing to do yeah but i could see them doing more i love that well. game by the way yeah, yeah that was really, really cool. it was really cool in, in psvr yeah what about um some of the games that we do know i mentioned a couple of them before but in terms of games that we know for ps4 do you both think we will see them either transition to being ps5 only games or uh bridge the gap as cross-generation games like last of us ghost of tsushima mm. uh, are the two that come to mind at least sony first party and then obviously death stranding also i could totally see ghost of tsushima doing that yeah i don't know what with last of us i just think it would be a weird thing to do like i could totally see it being remastered again like last of us was like being that sort of crossover generation thing where it's like this is the best we can possibly get out of this console look how amazing it is look at our legacy and then a year later a year later they're like and now look at it even better yeah Yeah. like yeah i mean we we know days gone has a release date other than that everything else is sort of a question mark and it's Really interesting to see as somebody like that grew up playing video games and has watched so many consoles come and go and rise and fall. There's that last year of a system where it gets its swan songs and sometimes, um, it's sort of just farts out into nothing. Like you look at something <laughs> like the Wii, uh, whereas like the PS3 had a bunch of really cool games towards the end. Um, I'm wondering which of these is going to be like, this is the last major one before they move on. Um, and not to keep referencing Nintendo, but you know, they've been doing this for a long time. I, I'm like anyone with a Switch right now is watching what's going on with the 3DS mm. and they're saying, stop it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like bring, bring this, bring the games over to us and Nintendo saying, no, we have millions of people out here still enjoying this. Uh, and if you look at, there are companies like EA will support a system 15 years after it's dead. You know, mm. you were going to get Madden 2025 on the PS. Ubisoft is still releasing Just Dance on the Wii. Exactly. Yeah. Stuff like that, right? Yeah. So, um, it, it's in their interest to 
build up a gigantic excitement and uh, bring these stories over to PS5. But I think the real question is, uh, and we've talked about this before, but sort of if if backwards compatibility is a thing, then there's not necessarily a real reason for them to drag these things out for too long to PS5. Mm-hmm. If you look at last gen to now, you bought the last of us twice you bought gta twice because you could and you wanted to and there were significant improvements over that but right now when you buy a video game it's got you know pro upgrades on it as well as it does base ps4 so if you were to buy a a ps4 game at the end of this gen and it would run on ps5 and still look really great or it's a digital download then you could patch or pay a few bucks extra for you know even better textures or something then what's the What's the sort of like significant purpose of them even doing that? You know, what's the infrastructure there? How can they get you to buy a game twice? Yeah, mm. th- there's less of an incentive there. Yes. And that's a great jumping off point to go into the other rumor that's like not really a rumor, but is a thing that obviously the internet wants to happen. Uh, essentially, Sony put in for a new patent that would allow a piece of hardware to fully optimize and emulate and run older pieces of software. Mm. Uh, so everyone naturally assumes Backward compatibility. Backward compatibility. And, yeah. uh, a few other sites that were reporting on this were making leaps, I think, based on the report or based on the patent that said, oh, they're going to be putting in PS4, PS3, PS2, PS1. Mm. We're going to be able to be backward compatibility with everything. Your UMDs are going to, like, it was going all <laughs> over the place. Probably not your UMDs. That would be weird to get into a system. But, uh, obviously there is want for backward compatibility. Um, it was one of the biggest things for Xbox this generation in terms of the, their appeal to the audience and yeah. like they're earning goodwill back from the audience. But one, do you think it's in Sony's best interest to include this for the goodwill, even if that comes at a business loss? And two, how realistic do you think this actually is? I mean, the goodwill is tremendous, yes. right? I mean, it hypothetically, if they had a press conference at E3, there would be thunderous applause in the audience mm. because there isn't, there's dead silence. So there's no real place to even have that announcement. But, uh, hypothetically, yes. People would absolutely love the idea of that. Whether or not statistically they would use it remains to be seen. Right now, um, the one of the PlayStation Plus games uh, this month is Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid 4 mm. for the PS3, which is cool in a press release or an email, but you can't play that on PS4. And that kind of sucks to hear because like, you go, oh, this is like the best month ever for PS Plus, mm. or is it if you don't have a PS3 hooked up anymore? I would love to see them find a way to just – take all of those digital files and have them run natively on the PS5. Um, I don't know what the next leap for next generation is going to be, but having something powerful enough to emulate the last three or four consoles would be huge. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't really know if that's feasible a and B, like you said, like something that's worth paying, you know, for them to pay for that people will actually end up using. Have we ever learned how successful PS1 and PS2 classics have been? For Sony, because the only way I can see this actually happening all the way back to the early consoles is if that's just making no money, right? And it's just a, it works out as a better PR move than a business move, yeah. Because there has to be you know cost benefit somewhere, yes, yeah. If they if you know ten people are buying Final Fantasy Nine every month, then why not do it mm-hmm. if you can? But if there's still thousands and thousands of people willing to just pay for those games, why give them the option to not have to? Yeah. It's one of those weird things where we're at this place where Sony will reveal like the digital downloads for every month and they do have PS classics and things like that of that nature on there. But obviously we don't know exact numbers. So it yeah. could, like it could be five people bought Crash 3 and that's why it was number one on the chart or 5,000 people did. Mm-hmm. That would be a much different 
story. What excites me and worries me is that uh, they bookended 2018 by launching the PlayStation Classic, which has already price dropped to effectively a 50% reduction. And that sucks. But I hope their message – the message isn't people don't want this. It's I. It's that people don't want this like that. Yeah. Mm. You know. I, I. I think there's like there was major excitement around that system and around a lot of the games on it. I think as a library and as a sort of an actual physical piece of hardware, it left a lot to be desired. Um, it's really adorable looking. It's super cute. It's got yeah. that going for it. But I, I. I do hope that their takeaway from that is yes, people want these games. Yes, people want to be able to play them. Um, in some sort of modern capacity. Uh, I don't know how they'll do that though. But I, I do miss having that option. I mean, yeah. on PS3, being able to buy PS1 games and PS, you know, uh, PS minis and stuff like that, it was really cool. It was yeah. really awesome to have that. Yeah. Like, give us the option and, and then let the market decide. Well, there there is one aspect of it that it, we don't use as much, but I know is generally popular, at least with some of the IGN readership in terms of PS Now. Mm-hmm. And that is a way that they deliver a lot of those older games. And we could see that being what they just use primarily for that going forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's cloud streaming versus something embedded in the system. But if they continue to build up that platform, I could see that being a bigger step for them. Well, that's yeah. the thing. It's always worth pointing out that stuff when it's patented doesn't mean they're going to use it. There's been exactly. tons of crazy things patented and we're all like, oh my god, there's going to be VR for Switch. Yes. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, yeah, they're just doing that just in case for some reason everyone right. wants to stick a giant tablet in front of them. Right. Yes. Cover right. your bases. Yeah, yeah. it just mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, but speaking of, Brian, you had brought it up. PlayStation Plus, we didn't get to speak about this last week uh, because, of course, it obviously was announced the day after we record. Uh, but it is worth mentioning, I think, the PlayStation Plus free games lineup for February. Uh, in addition to that, anyone who has PS Plus will get a, an increase in their – is it cloud saves? Yes, cloud saves from 10 gigabytes to 100 gigabytes. Which is crazy. Which is a huge, yeah. Yeah. huge jump. Uh, and then the list is For Honor and Hitman Season 1 for PS4, uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, as you mentioned, and uh, – and then uh, I think this may be a little mislabeled, but yeah, Metal Gear Solid 4 for PS3, Dive Kick for PS3 and Vita, Gun House for PS4 and Vita, and Rogue Aces for PS4 and mm-hmm. Vita. Um, and this is the last month that PS3 and Vita games will be added to the service. Yeah. Uh, we reached out to Sony after that announcement. We're like, hey, are there plans to add more games? And they said, a representative said to us, like, at this time, there are no, like, announced current plans to change the lineup anymore. So, as of right now, it looks like it will just be the PS4 games that mm-hmm. we're used to expecting. But in addition to that, they said they are going to continue to focus on things like the cloud save upgrades and other yep. features uh, as being offered. I feel like they should have saved the cloud save thing for a month. Yeah. Yeah. Because that would have been easy. That would have been a nice sort of like, hey, there's less games this this month, but we have this, you know, like start rolling out features like that uh, when the reality hits that we're probably going to start getting less games. Um, but we'll see. I, we've, we've said from the start that like, it'd be really cool if they started rolling more PSVR stuff into there. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great incentive to get people to, to get excited about that platform, keep the energy going on that. Um, it had a really great year last year, just kind of quietly out of nowhere. We were like, I think January of last year, we were like, is PSVR down for the count? And by yep. the end of the year that we were like, this thing rules. Yeah. It was the best selling VR system. Um, there were two or year. three PSVR games on our game of the year list. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Which it is was, awesome. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it'd be really cool. I mean, I think if you, if you came out in a month and you said, you know, maybe Arkham VR or something like that is, is free. Yeah. Just take a big sort of like launch window tent pole PSVR game, throw it out there for free. Um, 
Yeah, I think it would piss people off who don't have a PSVR, but go get a PSVR. But that's it. It's, that's exactly what it would work to do. Is yeah, yeah. people go, well, it's a bit cheaper, and now I get free games every month. Like that's a really smart move yeah. if they can do it. Yeah. yeah, to have twelve free PSVR games by the end of mm-hmm. a year is yep. a pretty nice library to have if you get it for Christmas. The mm-hmm. features thing is interesting because, like, yeah. again, this feels like a weird time to just start rolling out new features for your system that has maybe a year and a half left in its life cycle. I mean, before the PS5 comes out, of course. People yeah. will be playing it for years. Uh, but it, it, it's weird to sort of at the tail end of this generation um, just sort of be like, oh, we you know, multiplied your cloud storage by 10. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. oh, it, and we'll throw in uh, name changes maybe now. I mean, unless they are just building to the end. Like, we're increasing cloud storage by 10 every single month until it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> One billion gigabytes of data. Enjoy, everyone. <laughs> Dr. Evil is running PlayStation is the only <laughs> explanation. Um, no, yeah, it is interesting. They were doing this at the end of last year too and my whole thought is I guess they're rolling it out now because it's just – it's easier to have all of this at the start of the PS5. So like the name change beta and crossplay beta mm-hmm. and things like these storage updates like who knows? Maybe saves on the PS5 will all be one gigabyte constantly and so we'll mm-hmm. need this more. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like a lot of future proofing that they'll be doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in terms of like PS Plus, do you guys worry about like how worthwhile it will be going forward when you see things like Xbox Game Pass taking off and you can sort of like have bundled Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Live and things like that or – We'll see if I know there are rumors about possibly Switch Online there being a more like hardcore dedicated version of it. And right. People adapting these subscription services to be more fully featured. Do you worry if PS Plus is losing some aspects? I think from Sony's perspective, like why do they need to care? Like yeah. they're so far ahead. This is, you know, it's commensurate with how they've acted for the last little while yeah. is they just don't go in for the stuff that everyone else is going into because they don't need to. Yeah. They're just bigger. And that kind of, you know, from a personal perspective, I'd love to get more value out of my PS Plus if I'm getting more from other people. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, are they going to care about me? Like, yeah. No, you're <laughs> why, right. I mean, uh, unless like millions of us speak in mass and go, hey, we're unsubscribing. But the reality is you're not unsubscribing from PlayStation Plus mm. now. I want my year. Vita games. I'm doing it yeah. right now. <laughs> I'm um, taking a stand. Yeah, so I don't really know. Uh, I would love to see them find a way to keep that service fruitful, right? And make you go, wow, this is really worth it. But the reality is, is they don't actually need to do that, which sucks. And mm. it's, I hate saying it out loud because someone might be listening and be like, <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. We, we can devalue this service and you, we have you by the balls. Bump it up to a hundred bucks and give them no free exactly. games. Yeah. Make yeah. it done. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I hope they do something. I, like, I, I, I really, we've said this before. I want them to connect PS Now and PS Plus in some way, yeah. uh, in the future. So, um, that, that's, I think that's their answer to Game Pass at the very least is that they have that service there already and just, just, push it all together i think game pass is the first time there's been a a legitimate threat to that superiority and so that would be the thing that that pushes them in that direction i think you're absolutely right ps now is the way you'd get go around Mm -hmm. doing that but then like i look at those games like even without uh, the ps3 and vita stuff like for honor and hitman are two games that have improved immeasurably since they came out and i've not touched them yeah and Mm -hmm. this is the first chance where i'm like Oh, yeah. I could totally see myself going back to either of those two games. Right. Like, they're just great choices. Same. Yeah, I've never played For Honor. Like, I I admired it, and I admire how much they've been adding to it. And mm. now I'm like, oh, maybe now I would play it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's more than I can say for half the other games on the list exactly. month to month. Yeah, yeah, that was one of those games that just – I remember when the NPD came in on that one. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is a hit. 
and it just kept growing, like you said. And I, I, the same, I'm in the same boat. I didn't revisit it, mm. and I'd love to go back and be like, "How has this changed?" I know they added like Assassin's uh, Assassin's Creed stuff, and yeah. it's like a whole other faction and stuff. So you can kill Rain Man. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. That's not true. I would love to do rip that. his arms Justin off. Justin Hoffman's <laughs> Rain Man. Or... <laughs> that would be hard. That would be impressive if they could get that license. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you were mentioning a little before, though. I'm curious, though, talking about like. They've been, they can act a certain way because they are in first place. Mm. Do you ever worry about the hubris like taking over as we get into this new generation? Because like we did see, we were talking a little bit before the show, like we saw that going into the PS3 generation. Yes. I I can totally see that happening. And like I think Xbox has stolen a march in the last year or so Mm. in going like, in feeling like the more futuristic company in some way. Like they, they are pushing in a direction that no one else is doing Mm -hmm. and people are reacting really well to it. Um, like it will be up to Sony to kind of, make sure the ps5 seems way more value valuable in and of itself however they choose to do that whether that's still just being like cheaper and nicer and more accessible Mm -hmm. and with great first party stuff because that that's where it's gonna that's where it's gonna win yeah Yeah. historically almost every time in the history of our industry that we've seen a console come in cocky um Mm -hmm. things have not gone well the next time around uh we've seen it with nintendo we saw i I think with this generation we saw it with with microsoft right uh xbox came in and they're hot off the 360 and they're like here's all this crap you have to deal with now Mm -hmm. and people were like no i don't want (laughs) that and then they were like just kidding um the it was what ken kudaragi sort of being like oh you you'll work more hours and we'll sell a million ps3s without you know having a single game was one of the second job yeah to yeah buy a ps3 i could shoot a guy in Times square (laughs) um no that was a different person uh that was a uh, like it's and I think people people saw that and they were just kind of like huh and when they came out and they said it's five hundred dollars and um, that's the thing like we're all forgetting um, the prices on these things it's it, we've just been comfortable with two ninety nine three ninety nine you know four ninety nine pushed it but yeah. like where. Uh, at one point one one console developer is going to say this is what it costs and it's going to push that that mark that's too far for us, which mm. I think will happen with the launch of the PS3. I think the, the one X was like, people knew they were buying into a premium product. Exactly. Um, yeah. We saw saturation for the first time in a very long time on, uh, the sort of on Apple hardware side where this time around they, they pushed it too far mm. at, with phones and people were like, I don't need that. You know, I'm not going to spend $1,400 on an iPhone X max two or whatever. Um, and the, like the sales were sort of lukewarm. Yeah. And so, all of that has to come into play. Um, launch games have to be there. The power has to be there. And then there's like that weird arms race where it's like if if one of them comes out and says we're $500 and then the other says we're $400 but we're more pow- powerful. Um, yeah, it's – I don't know. I love it's all fascinating. Yeah. 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 No, it's this. It's so my favorite part. There are so many weird factors about it because uh, to me it is like the price can be such a death toll if they are just too high. Mm-hmm. And But it is also something like – Maybe if they have 10 amazing exclusives in the first year that they can promise, yeah. that may sway you. Like, right. there, there are all these factors. Well, I do wonder if Xbox and, and PlayStation are looking at the Switch and going, did you see the first year that had, did you see the launch games? Like, yeah. do we need to do that? Because that, because launch games are always, until the Switch, really, just not that great in the grand, when you look back on yeah. 
since on like console. early consoles. Yeah, it really has. Well, the other message with Switch is, and, and this is incredibly disruptive, but it's a uh, just grab your old last gen games and they'll sell better than ever, like mm-hmm. Mario Kart Eight did. And B, graphics don't matter. But I don't think that that lesson is going to be carried into the next gen. That'd be crazy if yeah. Sony came out and they're like, we decided graphics don't really matter, so it's just two PS4s duct taped yeah. together. <laughs> um, people would be furious, and yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't think. I think that that is not where Xbox is going. They are going arms races. Mm. Like they are going, they're going to make this thing. They're going to try to make this thing the most powerful. That's one of the things they constantly said with the one X. Yeah. Um, because I think they got caught a little lower than expected with, with the, with the Xbox one. Um, I remember the first six months or first year of the console wars, just generation was like, looks better on PS4. looks better on PS4. And then things started shifting to the one X and, you know, Sony fans, including me, shut up a little bit. And <laughs> I, I had a sort of sea change on this show where I went and I bought uh, a One X for Red Dead because mm-hmm. it does look better than it does on the PS4 Pro. Um, and so that's that's definitely going to be a thing. And so I don't know if they'll look at the Switch and be like, you know, let's let's go last gen graphics. But having something as big as Breath of the Wild at launch yeah. is 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 important. That's a powerful step. Yeah, that said, Mario Kart outsold Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So the message really is like take a kart racing game from last generation <laughs> that no one played and hope for the best. Mod Nation racing racing. There we go. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> you went Crash, I went Mod Nation. Um, yeah, Mod Nation, Mod Nation Racers what, coming back. What was, that, what was that Angry Birds one? Just stick it oh, on. Oh, there yeah. we go. Or we'll finally get uncarted. Maybe that will finally happen. Uh, that would be an amazing. <laughs> that would be an amazing launch title. I want to be. I want to be at the E3 where like they come out and they go, "Hey, PlayStation 5 launch game uncarded, bundled <laughs> Nol- in." <laughs> Nolan North drives on stage. <laughs> oh God! Uh, moving on to, we don't know what games we'll be playing when the PS5 launches, but what you can play right now, and uh, what I want to talk a little bit—not just about the actual game itself, but everything around it—is Apex Legends, mm-hmm. which had a not so surprised launch this past Monday after rumors and leaks about it came out over the weekend. Uh, this is essentially a battle royale meets Overwatch game set in the Titanfall universe. You play as one of eight legends. They're all different classes, essentially. So you'll have a scout, uh, a medic, uh, shield heavy guy. There's all those different classes, essentially. And I think all, as far as I know, the microtransactions are all, uh, cosmetic focused. It is not pay to win that sort of scenario, but, um, this is what respawns next entry in the Titanfall universes. Yeah. Uh, and since this game got announced, there have been these weird, conflicting comments essentially where respawn said there is no titanfall 3 right now like this is the next titanfall this is the proper like this is how you can think of the continuation of the franchise right now because there had been rumors that a titanfall 3 was in development uh but then today vince ampella as we're recording the show tweeted out this isn't the end of titanfall that you'll see this year so this year this, this year oh, so there's more that. titanfall i believe to come this year i'm gonna double check the quote on that but essentially this isn't the end of the titanfall universe so one i want to ask you guys just what you think generally of the surprise launch of this game in the battle royale market that we're in as EA is also about to launch Anthem, which is obviously heavily multiplayer. Like, how do you see this? Do you see hope for this game and how have you seen the initial reception? Um, well, they tweeted out yesterday that a million people played it yesterday. Yeah. The day, the day it launched, which is huge. Um, uh, first of all, we did hear some rumors and rumblings about this over the weekend, but for the most part, this, I think, like ostensibly for anybody who loves video games, this was a brand new thing that just launched out of nowhere that you could play right now. And I love that. Mm, I love that so much. That is so antithetical to 
all of the hype and build up and everything else. I mean, some of the games we talked about earlier, are they PS4? Are they PS5? These are games we've been talking about for literal years. Yeah. And then this one just comes out out of nowhere. Uh, I did see a lot of disappoint, disappointment and, and sentiment about how it's not, there's no mechs, right? There's no like wall running per se. Um, which I think that like, and they, they, they went on record and saying like they tried some of those things and they, it just didn't really work. And so I think rather than just shoving them in there for the sake of it, uh, I'm kind of glad that they're, they're creating this own pocket of, of the Titanfall universe. Mm. Um, as for its lasting appeal, I don't know with, if people will stick with this a month from now. Um, Fortnite's the one people always keep going back to. PUBG people keep going back to. Call of Duty Blackout is still successful. It's doing pretty well, yeah. Um, I would say rather than like, will this find an audience? I, it has me thinking like, will this eat into something like Anthem, which is obviously a very different game, but more specifically, um, like where's Battlefield's delayed uh, Battle Royal. Mm. Like, where is that? And how does, how does that live? Cause that's now effectively coming out of the same company with the EA logo on the corner. Um, and it's not here yet. And that's, I, I don't think that's going to be free to play. So, uh, I think the fact that this is free and you can jump in right now and download it on your consoles is huge. I think it's going to have a big audience for a while. Um, I think, I think it's going to stick around, honestly. There is a bit of me that goes, did they bring this out before the Battlefield one? Just as a sort of revenge for Battlefield and Titanfall yeah. last time. A few, a few years ago, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. When they came out, what, a week apart? A week apart. Yeah. And we and all that, thought that was insane. And yeah. it essentially kind of destroyed Titanfall 2 sales. Yeah. Like, mm. I mean, there were people on the staff who loved that game. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, there's a couple levels people still talk about as like some of the best level design yep. of the last few years, and it's, but not many people played it. No. Yeah. No. I mean, we saw the sales on that game and they were not great. And then the critical reception was awesome. And, you know, there were a lot of people saying, that that was one of the best single player campaigns of all time. I wouldn't go that hyperbolic. Mm. I liked it a lot. Sure, it's um, no Kingdom Hearts three. That's true. It's, yeah, which I think is easily one of the top three uh, single player first person FPS games yeah. ever made. Yeah, <laughs> that Toy Story level, man. Let me yeah. tell you. Um, but yeah, no, th- this was a really interesting surprise thing, and I jumped into it for maybe about twenty minutes, and I'm terrible at it. But mm. like, I liked I like the setup of it as a squad focus game. So for those who don't know about it, you're essentially playing always in a group of three people. You yeah. can go off on your own and ignore them if you want, but there is incentive to work together. Mm. And I, I like that setup of it because I do think that encourages, especially in a world where you want to play with your friends and you want to play with them on the right console and everything, regardless of if cross gen play comes to this um, or cross platform, excuse me. I do love that sort of idea that, Oh, me and my two friends are always going to mm-hmm. play this together. Mm-hmm. Or like that, that's how this game I could see living for a while. That's actually the part that I uh, disconnected with the most because it, I like the, I actually really like Fortnite. Um, mm-hmm. It gets a lot of shit from people for being like a casual shooter. It is, but it's, I think it's got a lot of really cool stuff going for it. Um, what I love about Fortnite is how lonely it is. <laughs> and no one really <laughs> describes that because it's this, this giant Island, a hundred of you drop in 40, people die instantly and you never see them and then it's mostly just you kind of creeping around on your own and occasionally there's a skirmish or a firefight or three or four people or ten people all battling but a lot of that game is just like kind of running the first you know half of each match is just kind of like finding stuff and hiding when you're playing alone it's kind of like a horror game yeah yeah <laughs> for the first half i remember the first time i played fortnite and i was playing alone it was like i don't know what's gonna happen yep. and just everything scared me yeah the, the thing about all battle royale games is that all of them have to nail the sound of far away gunfire yeah like that weird tap 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 from a mile away that really freaks me out like yeah. i yep. hate that noise yeah um yeah and that is 
that I kind of, I guess that is sort of lost a little bit in Apex Legends because mm-hmm. like, you're not that scared when there are two other people with you, even if you're against everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I jumped on it last night. It really didn't work for me that well. I think possibly because I'm a huge Overwatch player and... Mm-hmm. It just made me want to play Overwatch. Like the abilities and stuff just don't feel quite as exciting because gotcha. you have to limit it a little bit in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as to whether it's going to live for that long, it's sort of a weird one. Like I almost wonder whether we're in a position now where Fortnite's created a world where if you're in a battle royale, you have to go as far as Fortnite to changing everything about right. it every month. Um, and I don't know what Apex Legends plan is for that kind of stuff. So they did announce yesterday they are doing seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's every month. I think it's every like three or four months. I think yeah. they have four seasons planned essentially through the next year. So right. they are, they will be continuing to update and have those seasons and have, uh, new heroes and new weapons and new loot and everything. But yeah, I can't, I mean, they could. It's a world full of mechs and robots mm-hmm. and sci-fi stuff, but mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine them doing the same things as, the wormhole opening up and exactly. everything freezing or right. yeah, like having things come from the Titanfall universe into the real universe. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, there's that sort of inherent goofiness that comes with Fortnite's world that allows it to do stuff like that. As for the comparisons to overwatch, I guess I'll ask you like, do you, do you see people two years from now at San Diego comic-con cosplaying as these characters? No, I know Chappy scout. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I like that robot a lot. Uh, but I do too. the, they, they announced you know, in the launch trailer while the game had literally been out for eight seconds, they were like fan favorite. And they pointed to a character and I was like, it's a little soon for that. Let's. <laughs> but does that mean is that a fan favorite character from Titanfall? Because I've played both Titanfall games. If that's from the previous ones, I have no idea who that is. I like, don't. It's not a robot, so I don't remember. That's yeah. it. It's so weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's like that. Like Overwatch characters are their you know figure arts toys. They're Lego sets now. Um, there's probably birthday parties. There'll be Happy Meal toys. There, people dress up as those things. They draw them. There's huge fan art communities for them. I don't know if that will happen here. Um, and that's a big part of the lasting appeal is that people latch on to these characters. And even if they're bad at the game, they're like, oh, I love that. I love yeah. that guy or that yeah. girl. And they read the lore and all the stories behind them and stuff like that. So, um, there's room for this world to grow, I think. Mm. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. See what happens. It'll be an interesting one to watch, especially as you were saying. Still expecting the Battlefield Battle Royale to come and obviously with Anthem and Blackout continuing or not Anthem, excuse me, Fortnite, uh, though, if Anthem adds a Battle Royale, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked. I, um, I will say real quick that like when a Battle Royale game dies, it dies hard. Yeah. And so we saw that with Lawbreakers, yeah. like yep. concurrent players by the end of that game's life cycle, which we're not too far out after it launched. Um were in like single digits. So, and you need 60 people to play. What was that Cliffy B one? Radical Heights. Yeah, Radical also, Heights. Yeah. Oh my God. That yeah, was that so was a, sad. Yeah, that was a rough one too. Um, I am interested though, obviously, as people are trying to find their space in the Battle Royale universe, uh, we were talking a little bit about the show before the show yesterday of the idea that obviously this is EA. They currently have a Star Wars license. Right. Would you want to see a Star Wars Battle Royale? Oh my God. I would love to. Yeah. 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 hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. What? Who would be the heroes? Who would be the legends? Who, or would you be a random Ewok running into the field? Like, how, how would you guys see that? I really like the idea that it's just like a hundred Wookiees dropped into a world <laughs> with covered in lightsabers, blasters. Like, um, yeah, I think like weirdly enough, a lot of the heroes and villains modes in Battlefront sort of has the starting of the DNA yeah. to make something like this happen. Um, if you pack it with enough players, having like weird droids airdrop in and like Ewoks, there's enough like goofy character classes there. And, yeah. uh, unlike 
you know, Apex, I think that you immediately would have people that connect with those things mm. and, and they would want to pick those characters. So, uh, yeah, that would be really cool to see. I think that like Star Wars lends itself to a lot of big battley outdoor environments as well as it does the small intimate settings like, you know, uh, you know, most Eisley and Jabba's palace and stuff like that. So I would love to see a sort of, you know, a hundred characters airdrop into Tatooine. I guess, um, yeah, their, their problem there is a, are they going to allow multiple versions of the same character to to drop into one place or would yeah. everyone be a nameless storm yeah yeah or and, rodians and i mean there's enough the, the cool thing is there's so many different you know solistins and twi'leks mm. there's all this all this shit that i shouldn't know <laughs> um but the awesome thing about that is that once you hit the ground there's enough like sort of small ground-based vehicular stuff mm. um Tauntauns, dubacks, ATSTs, ATDPs, all these like cool little like ships that, that in lieu of having like X-wings and TIE fighters flying around. Cause I think that would overcomplicate. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but there's enough stuff on the ground to keep you interested. You know, that's, that's sort of like their, their answer to Fortnite's golf cart. Yeah. <laughs> what's the, what's that arena in Attack of the Clones? Oh, is it oh on yeah. Geonosis? Yes, it is on yeah. Geonosis. Just, I just imagine 50 people on one side, 50 people on the other side. And then those running three at each giant, other. like, cartoon monsters. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Everyone has a lightsaber and mm-hmm. they just yeah. go and see what happens. It'd be amazing. Padme inexplicably gets her shirt ripped right at the belly. And she's <laughs> like, look at my great abs. <laughs> That's the intro to every match. <laughs> look at my great abs. Now we fight. I would um, love to see this happen, by the way. Yeah. yeah. That would, I, Not that thing, but the, the just the, the concept sure. of a Star Wars yeah. Battle Royale. Not really Battle cool. Royale's opening with ab checks yeah. first. Yeah. I would also like to see a, a, a car-based battle royale. Ooh, there is the one. Cars what? Uh, oh, as in cars? The the no, Disney no, not the, no. Just like the idea of a hundred cars air dropping onto a highway and that crashing e- into each other. That exists. No, yeah, I can't remember what, what it's called. It? It's in is a, it called Auto Royale. I don't think it is. Ooh, this is a real thing. I've played. That's amazing. I, there's, there is a just like a like a futuristic, <laughs> like twisted metal style battle royale. We played it in the office. I wish I could remember the name. A twisted metal battle royale would be would awesome. make total sense. Yeah, if Sony doesn't know what to do with that license, I feel like a car battle royale. I feel like yeah. I've let you down not remembering yeah. this, but I will show it it's to you okay. after. It's, it's, also, I, I put you on the spot. <laughs> How's the Fast and Furious license not taken that? Oh, just man. run with it. Right. They literally drop out of planes. But anyway, <laughs> uh, moving on. We've talked a little bit about through the last few weeks. Obviously, uh, Resident Evil Two. And Kingdom Hearts 3, two long-awaited games that are finally out. Uh, and Brian, you had brought this up while we were figuring out what to talk about on the show. And I really found the topic interesting of like, these major releases have come out. Where do we go from here? Right. And it's a weird like fandom question sort of thing. And like I could imagine, especially for you as like a Star Wars fan. Yeah. That must be one of those weird things where especially when the first of the new movies came out. Mm-hmm. And you have um, this new transition point. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a weird concept because like so much of being a fan of something, especially in the video game realm is anticipation. Yeah. It is that like sort of luxurious weight and hype and question and, you know, hi- hyperbolic sort of fear and, and hope for everything that, that might be. And then something arrives and it's here. And then like people on social media are like, I got it. Or like I went to the midnight launch and then you dig into it and you play it and then you finish it and then. You wait sometimes 10 or 15 more years <laughs> yeah. for something else. Um, I think in the case of 
Kingdom Hearts. It will hopefully be sooner than that. I hope so. Yeah. It'd um, be with weird. Resident Evil, it definitely will be, I will I, say. Yeah. I don't think we're going to wait 15 years for yeah. the next Resident Evil. That said, we did wait a long time for the Resident Evil 2 remake. Yeah. I remember like the concept of that, uh, is what, four or five years old? Yeah. We started yeah. hearing yeah. rumors about them maybe working on something like that. And now it's here. It's awesome. And you sort of ha- have the option to replay through different campaigns and different difficulties and, uh, play as tofu and stuff like that. And so there's there's a replay replayability there and i imagine um there's the same in kingdom hearts i'll never know because it's a confusing mess <laughs> you purposefully were out of the office the day we did our episode on it well yes no. that no I, dan stapleton actually walked around the room the other day and he was like hey would you like a copy of kingdom hearts and i was like i wouldn't know um, you can give that to, give that to literally anybody else because i think that would just like confuse and and, and befuddle me a lot so. of people actually do want you and me to do a Let's Play series. I would love that because I have a lot of games. questions. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people would be angry at me for working here and not knowing everything about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. But that happens. Yeah. There's a Surprising. lot of video games out there. It's really hard to be an expert on every single one. Yeah. Well, um, for example, I called Lawbreakers a Battle Royale earlier. It's not. It's a hero shooter. Hero shooter. Or was. Um, but yeah, like, so what do you, what do you do during this part? You know, like, I think this is where fandom really kicks in, where stuff like AGDQ, which is awesome games don't quick kicks in, where the, the fan art and the cosplay communities kick in. Um, it's this really cool part of the development cycle where the thing is out. It is now not up to them anymore. It's now up to us as fans and, and press and everybody to sort of take this thing and make it our own and, uh, write you know, op-eds about it and theories and make YouTube videos and all this other stuff. And this is really cool sort of, you know, now we get to figure out where the new Resident Evil game sits in the rankings, where the new Kingdom Hearts game sits in in the pantheon of Kingdom Hearts games, all with increasingly nonsensical titles (laughs) that I'll never understand. Don't worry, they'll keep getting weirder. Yeah. Um, Just this morning, I saw a Resident Evil 2 mod that already exists that uh, plays DMX whenever Mr. X appears. See? I've heard about that, yeah. That, to me, is the best sign of a healthy game. It's like, if they're making joke mods for it, you're doing all right. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's in a loving way. It's not like this game sucks. We hate it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. It's it, very it, funny. It's one of those weird points where, like you were saying in the development cycle, like it's too early for the next thing. So the fans give it life. And it is, at least in the Kingdom Hearts community, as far as I can see, it's very much now about, okay, what do the endings tell us about what could come next? Because right. whether we're waiting two years or 20 years, we assume there will be a next. Well, it was like when we had Corey from God of War on here, right? Yeah. I think some people were like, why don't you ask him about God of War 2 or like, you know, Kratos Jr. Like, what's going on? What's what's next? <laughs> uh, and we were sort of like, I, I, I don't know. I, I personally was like, this is the part in the, in the life cycle where we just allow this some breathing room and yeah. let this piece of art exist and – let the you know i i see i I see like the god of war twitter account is retweeting people dressed as kratos and atreus Mm. and halloween costumes and and awesome lego and all this other stuff that gets to exist now that there's breathing room and people are finding this for the first time every single day and 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 living with it and like i think that's a really beautiful time for a sort of for a game and it's our jobs as journalists in giant quotes to go what's next give me the give me the give me number two give me resident evil three do code veronica (laughs) for the love of god remake resident evil four please (laughs) but skip the rest just skip the rest and go right to four selfishly but part of me also has to say like i really love the part where these games just get to exist 
people are happy with them for the most part. And um, like, let's celebrate them. Yeah, that that happened with you. You were mentioning Corey when Brian Intahar was on the show too for Spider Man. It was the week Spider Man came out, and I had asked for questions on Twitter, and everyone's like, "When Spider Man Two coming out? <laughs> Who's the villain Spider Man Two? And I'm like, I mean, maybe he has ideas about it, but of course he does. We're not going to talk about that right now. He's actually right. like, well, here's the whole plot. Let me give you the Bible for the next game. Here. Exactly. Like, that's not how that works, and it is that interesting, like. In the lull, I think because of the nature, like you were saying, of the industry, there's so this always like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And we lose a little bit of the like art appreciation aspect of it. Or yeah. like we can really dive into a thing and why every aspect of it is worth looking at. The, the most thing. reductive way I can put it is like imagine you spend three hours cooking dinner for your significant other and you guys sit down and he or she goes, what's for breakfast? Like it's like we – let's – I can worked on this. Oh, let's just eat this and then we'll figure it out. We'll have leftovers in the morning and put eggs on it. That's why we just order food in my house. Exactly. We just don't, don't even have to worry about it. Uh, but yeah, it is that interesting. Obviously for you, Brian, uh, as a Resident Evil fan, Joe, I assume you're a bit of a fan of the franchise. Yes. I would assume. I uh, still so like for you guys right now, what, what is your interest in the Resident Evil franchise? Having been playing Resident Evil 2, maybe having beaten it, like where do you go from here and do you let it sit for a bit? Are you looking back in Resident Evil 2 right now? Like where are your minds on it? I can totally see them turning this into like a cadence of remake, new game, remake, new game, because mm-hmm. this is just too successful now. Like the, the reaction to this game is crazy. Yeah. People love it so much. People love, like the, the, the engine is absurd. It looks so good. It's and, gorgeous, yeah. And it, the, the feeling with Resi 2 in particular. Like I heard a rumor, I have no idea if this is true or not, that the only reason they've remade it in the way they have is because the source code for the original Resident Evil 2 just doesn't exist anymore. Like it's just <laughs> gone. So they had to fully remake it. Yeah. But the effort that's gone into it and the reaction to it makes that wait for a full remake so much better. Yeah. Um, like I, I'm not super familiar with the early games. Like I kind of started with 4. Um Dale in the UK office, who's a huge Resi 2 fan, the way he talked about this game is like he was so excited by not just how faithful it is, but those little changes that make it worthwhile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the thing I always talk about trying to kind of rationalize it to myself is have you ever watched Hannibal? Yeah. 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 So you know how Hannibal takes stuff from the movies that you know, but puts like it in the wrong place or yes. the wrong characters. Yeah. Yeah. It's that same thing where it just feels like it's psyching you out if you yep. know but it yep. it's still good in the original way for people who didn't yeah and i just love them doing that and i can totally see resident evil 3 being coming yeah. down the line that's some of my favorite like uh just that reminded me of hannibal the magicians which is on right now does that too with their books where they right. took the three books but they mined them for spare parts basically and remixed yeah. everything or like the leftovers finished the book after season one so everything else was using what was built there but created new things right yeah um i think that like and they've spent so long getting there but i think they're they finally have sort of reached that perfect balance of survival horror adventure and mm-hmm. action and that's been incredibly difficult to service those needs for the entire audience for so long um i like letting this sit a little bit i i still prefer resident evil 4 and i've been thinking about why and i think it's because the setting in resident evil 4 is just so much more sort of terrifying and and sort of wide reaching Mm -hmm. than a game that takes place primarily in one or two major environments Mm. the police station is really cool it's claustrophobic it's a labyrinth it makes no sense that cops would work there but that's fine it's a video game um but the idea of like being in the village in resident evil and then turning a corner and being down this mountain pathway that brings you onto a boat over a lagoon that brings you all these different places i really enjoy that sort of 
adventure element of it of I don't know what environment I'm going to be in next. Uh, that said, you can't really do adventure in the same way in the, in the traditional video game genre sense like you can in a single setting like mm. like Resident Evil 2. Um, because I think the police station lends itself so well to like classic point and click adventure games in that yeah. way, you know, and it's just the way you're finding weird clues and opening up key boxes. And there's so much special, just really beautiful little detail on this, especially the fact that they've just totally nailed like the nineties, like right down yeah. to the yeah. computer UI and stuff like that. It's so well done. Um, so I'll always prefer four, but two is so goddamn good. But who designed a police precinct to have? Lucky keys spread throughout it. You need three. Fans, fans always go, well, it was an art museum first. You're like, what museum has yeah, lucky right. keys yeah. and chess piece well, locks? Like, well, what ridiculous. I love is like when you switch between Leanne and Claire's campaigns, uh, a, a lot of the puzzles reset, which narratively means that Leon solved the puzzle was like great. And then when he went to discard the key, you actually didn't see him bring it back to the original hiding exactly. place yeah. and yeah, reset the puzzle because he wants to keep things interesting for Claire. Yeah. yeah. That- Makes sense. He's yeah. a nice guy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, out of curiosity, do you guys think obviously it would be very much prognostication of what could be, but do you see any franchises right now as these franchises that like 15 years from now will be the things where every three or four years will be like, what's going on? What can happen? Right. Really digging into it. I mean, like for me, if they continue it, something like The Last of Us, like mm-hmm. I never would have expected a sequel at all, but mm-hmm. the fact that they see this universe is so much more than that first game. I could see them maybe doing something every five years. Sure, yeah. I mean, I would also love to 15 years from now, and it's sort of, it's too soon right now to even think about, or maybe not, but like seeing Naughty Dog completely redo the first Uncharted game. In the same sense that Capcom has redone Resident Evil 2, where you're playing it, it, it's, it's messing with your memories because it's it's different than you remember, but also it feels like what you thought you remembered it looked like. Um, and just overhauling the game. And you know, we've talked about this so many times about like what's that perfect line between remaking something and then making like a George Lucas special edition where you kind of go too far and you screw things up and Greedo shoots first and you piss people off. But I think there's like no one is really playing this game in terms of Resident Evil 2 and they're saying, oh, you guys like totally crapped on the legacy of this game or you, you know, you took too much out or you put too much in. Um, I think people are really happy it's here and they know that they can always just play the original. So mm. yeah, I would love to see that, that idea of like, what is a remake? What is a remaster? Like toying with that and messing with the DNA a little bit. To answer a few questions at once in this, I, I would love to see a return to Tokyo Jungle, and I Ooh. want and I want Tokyo Jungle to become a franchise that everyone loves, like Resident <laughs> Evil. Oh, that would man. be amazing. That'd be so. And like, make yeah. one that's hyper realistic. That's it. I want to yeah. see PS Five Chihuahuas just oh, biting the necks out of deer. God, that sounds so good. If anyone so could do great. it, Sony could. This is yeah. why we put you on a plane <laughs> <laughs> for a laugh yeah. about Tokyo Jungle. Uh, before we move into a trophy test, I also wanted to bring up. Uh, another just piece of weird news from over the since the last episode. Uh, there's a Groundhog Day sequel coming to PlayStation VR called yep. Groundhog Day, like father, like son, uh, in which you will be playing, I believe, Phil Jr., son of uh, Bill Murray's character. You'll be playing Phil Connors Jr. Uh, he's trapped back home in Puxatani. Mm-hmm. And just like his father is forced to re- repeat the same day over and over again. Is, so is this he, is yeah. Is he canonically Andy McDowell's son as well? Ooh, I actually believe so. Yeah, that would check out. That would make um, sense. Yeah. And Ned Ryson's still yeah, there. Ned's still here. This is a PSVR sequel to a movie from the nineties. <laughs> um, also, the second time we've seen a Bill Murray movie get a video game direct sequel. Yeah. Which Ghostbusters I, get? Yeah. I don't know if that's the new like 
by the way, he has an iPad in this game. Super weird. Um, but the, I, I don't know if this is like the new straight to VHS sequel. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really perplexing. Yeah. Uh, I'll try it. Um, I think that like this concept is really interesting. It was always like, I, I always really liked this movie because, because of that. And video games already do have that sort of Groundhog Day appeal because you die and restart things constantly in them. They just narratively never say you're reliving the same day over yeah. and over. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is, this is very odd. It's a weird one. It's, uh, it's developed by Tequila Works who made The Sexy Brutale, which was one of my favorite games, I think, of two years ago. Which is a Groundhog Day game. Is a Groundhog yeah. Day game. And they also have worked in VR. They've done PSVR games already. So like, they have experience in both sort of concepts that work here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested to see what they do with a license. I, yeah. From- I don't remember which studio made Groundhog Day, but can you imagine when someone tra- came to them to buy the video game rights? Yeah. Like just being like, yeah, they're like, I guess yeah, sure. they've just been sitting on that table for decades. <laughs> yeah. So I think Sony Pictures owns the rights at least now. Okay. My, yeah, my favorite right. like random little detail about this is the fact that this game was announced by Sony Pictures of Virtual Reality. Yeah. AKA SPVR announced a PSVR, <laughs> which is just a nightmare. To add another wrinkle of confusion to this, this was announced on Groundhog Day, the actual Groundhog Day holiday in America. I don't know if you guys have that. Absolutely. It's, so, no. it's, it's by far our dumbest holiday. The yeah. only good part about it is that we get things like Groundhog Day and Russian Doll. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Now. yeah. We don't get candy. There's no toys. There's yeah. no presents. Like an, a rat comes out of a hole and if it sees a shadow. <laughs> it's cold for longer, I think. I don't even know the rules. Um, but they announced this game on that day. Right. But then it said coming soon. So it doesn't even really have a release date. It, yeah. It's sort of, it will be on PSVR Oculus rift and htc vive i think just the aim is this year this year i think is this year but so they're what a miss to not launch this on groundhog i know imagine if it's just a big joke and they just keep announcing it every year on groundhog day (laughs) like that would be that would be that would be perfect but it's a thing of like the medieval announcement they should have just put that out one halloween yeah Yeah. like that should i know they put the trailer out last halloween but just put that out on a halloween and that i agree yeah totally agree Mm -hmm. um yeah that is a weird one i'm excited to see what else gets announced for psvr this year hopefully that's it huge that's the only thing and and spvr (laughs) spvr is having a great year (laughs) uh before we end the show we're going to do a little thing we do here called trophy test Damn trophy it. test is brian's favorite part of the show so bad at this in which uh joe as you're new i hope you enjoy trophies and achievements because that's what this is all about do, uh, you have a, do you have a history of collecting trophies no i don't i find it uh soul destroying i okay like uh, the only platinum i've ever got was spider-man and when i did it i went i don't know why i did that <laughs> like, i don't really understand well well you're gonna be great at this yeah. bad news for you i love it and i'm obsessed in an unhealthy way with trophies so what i do on trophy test is i will give you two trophies at a time one of them is real mm-hmm. one of them is fake okay. you will need to tell me which of these is the real trophy okay uh at the end we will tally up the points and declare a winner uh th- this is a, an ongoing thing from throughout the year so we may have you call in for another game i could do that at whatever time of day it would be for you right mm-hmm. now probably not great. real late perfect um as a hint for you, this will definitely help. These trophies are all from Ratchet and Clank, the first game, when it's okay. master. Okay. So, tell me which of these is the real trophy. Is it more powerful than a Pakataru? I don't know the words here. Complete the Gaspar Arena Challenge in under 6 minutes and 45 seconds. And faster than a speeding Amoeboid. Complete the Hoverboard Gold Cup on Rilgar in under one minute and 35 seconds. second one's definitely fake. The first one you didn't know the word for, so there's no way you made up a word you didn't know. 
<laughs> I see double. I see double crossing. See, no, this is the thing. I have to dig into the psychology of Jonathan Dornbush. <laughs> mm. It's the only can't chance I have here. Yeah. yeah. First, one, the first one is real. The second one you made up. Amoeboid is no, no. That's not a real thing. I'm gonna go for the second one just in case. You're saying the second one's real? Yeah. The correct answer of which of these is the real trophy is faster than a speeding amoeboid. Yes. The second one. Sorry, that's Ryan. real. Yeah, Got that's the you. real one. Oh my god, yeah. you're horrible. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I am. Strange man. (laughs) Your mind (laughs) trained. Damn it. All right. Going forward. Which of these is the real trophy? Radical. Win the hoverboard bronze cup on Kalibo or tubular. Win the hoverboard platinum cup on Kalibo. Is it radical or tubular? You just said the same thing twice. It's just, um, I'm going radical. You're saying radical is the real one? I'm thinking about which of those two words would have been more used at the time Okay. that the I, first game came out. Even I will say tubular is the real one because it's just probably like a tube-shaped race. that you're. It's, it's like a tunnel. That's a good thought. The correct answer is radical. Yes. Damn it! Sorry, a joke got another point there. Sorry about that, Brian. Oh, my God. <laughs> how, how are you feeling two trophies in? Not great. Well, yeah. it's just like I'm throwing the game, too, because it's like Joe's not going to be back on the show no. ever. But you're, you live nine hours away. You'll be you'll be back someday. But like, if we're tallying points for the year, I'm just giving you a free a free win here and just throwing my points in the toilet. I, would, I don't know how many games of this you've played and how many points you've got, but I really hope I beat you at the end of I the year. I think you probably will. You're, you're, you already are. Uh, <laughs> good news, we do give a participation trophy at the end of That's the year. True. So, uh, moving on is I hate lamp. The real trophy I hate lamp is to break every lamp in a Lero city, or Glass case of emotion, which is to smash every storefront in Alero City. So both take place in Alero City, which is the real one. I hate lamp you are or glass case of this. emotion. <laughs> I'm so angry at how good you are at this. <laughs> I hate lamp is a reverse Anchorman reference. Yeah. So that's weird. Um, that feels like something. Hold these up just to be. That feels like a trophy joke. Yeah, I I think I hate lamp because that implies that they've because glass case of emotion is just a quote from Anchorman. So like, and they haven't changed that. So you're both also, saying... Also, that's not a case. I'm going I hate Lamp. Yeah, that's the real one. You're both correct. I hate yes. Lamp is the real trophy. At one point. Uh, I debated <laughs> changing case to something else, but mm. I, it didn't really work, so I stuck with it. I actually forgot the other thing was an Anchorman reference. Good, mm-hmm. good work. Uh, Surprised he didn't go with whales for China. All Walermo's Vergerna. Which of these is real? Okay, uh, which of these is the real trophy? All in the Zircon family defeat Mrs. Zircon on Kalibo mm-hmm. or Zircon family values defeat Mrs. Zircon on Quartu. I'm understanding why you write him so much. Isn't this, isn't this tough? Uh, the second one is real. Zircon family values, you're saying? Yeah. All in the Zircon family. Yeah, I'm going second one as well. You're both saying, correct answer. Zircon family values. You got it both right. Family. I can't speak right now. I'm so excited. You're still <laughs> up by two, right? He's still, uh, yes, going into the final trophy. Oh, so I can't. Joe's win. up by two. <laughs> the final trophy is worth seven points. Oh, so I can't. Wow. Is. I think. Clank Crusher, the real trophy. Clank Crusher is to crush five gadget bots in the crusher on Quartu. Mm-hmm. Or Ratchet Rusher. Which is to defeat 25 enemies on Kalibo in under two minutes. You've mentioned Kalibo so much. Kalibo is a real I know, world. It's in just, it. Yes, it's a great it's just, name. Quartu and Kalibo. Mm-hmm. So is it to crush five Gadgetbots in the Crusher on Quartu or to defeat 25 enemies on Kalibo in under two minutes? Which of those uh, is the real trophy? Go for the Clank Crusher. 
Titan Clan Crusher yep. for seven points. Yeah, for the, for I gotta the go opposite because otherwise there's no reason. Because it's a good point. Fair. Yeah. The correct answer is Clank Crusher. Yes! I'm sorry, sweet. Brian. With uh, 11 points based on the silly math I just did, Joe, you won. Maybe I should get, Did you get every one right? Yeah. He did. Maybe I should really get into trophies. You should. You're I think you are. Good. You're lying. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I'm just super you into that chain You have a trophy level of like 57. You're just <laughs> incre- you have every trophy. You're incredible at it. Uh, Joe, he worked on every Ratchet and Clank game. You know That yeah. helps a little bit. Yeah. Uh, thank you both so much for playing this obs- insane weird obsession of mine <laughs> creating fake trophies I, are you the first is he the first person ever sweep to sweep i think so yeah i nice. don't know if anyone has ever Damn. gotten a perfect score and if i do get 11 points there is a good chance i could beat someone you could i think you very so well could. Yeah. you definitely i mean you're gonna end the year with some sort of record i'll yeah. take that uh maybe even a real trophy we'll find out <gasps> again if you want to make a real trophy for us let us know and we'll have real trophies on the show <laughs> uh thank you both so much for joining me for this episode which is beyond episode 577 uh when you guys are not on the show brian where can people find you uh you can find me on nintendo voice chat and various other productions here at ign and also on twitter at agent bizzle and joe what about you i'm on the ign uk podcast which has well actually you swore a bit today but usually lots more swearing than that yeah that was bad um, sorry we're naughty but we're far away so it's fine and, uh, <laughs> and uh, we can't hear them they come to us no and i'm on twitter at two plus two is joe i love your handle Thanks. uh and i am at jam dornbush on twitter and instagram you can find me there otherwise uh, just somewhere in the world talking about kingdom hearts mm. uh again this has been episode 577 thank you so much for joining us new episodes of beyond are live every wednesday at 3 p.m pacific at beyond.ign.com and as always beyond 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 hey everyone If you enjoy Beyond, please check out the new show, Humans Who Make Games. In partnership with IGN, Starburns Audio presents Humans Who Make Games, an intimate, conversational podcast with the creators of some of the world's most remarkable games, hosted by comedian and lifelong gamer Adam Conover. Every Wednesday, a new guest joins Adam to talk about the games they've made and the human stories behind them. Humans Who Make Games, available every Wednesday on iTunes. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.